Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. Today I want to talk about Elon Musk's productivity tips. Seriously? That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's Financial Wellness Podcast, the TFWP, as we like to call it. Coming to you from beautiful downtown Van Nuys, that's near Hollywood, California, for those of you in the know. Welcome to Mr. Brian Reed. TFWP in the house. I like it. I like it. All right. So here at the podcast, we love Elon Musk. I think he's going to go down as one of the biggest industrial innovators of of all time. Um, I think he's going to end up being in the same category as Thomas Edison or Henry Ford or even Steve Jobs. A brilliant mind thinking on a different level, uh, trying to change things for humanity on a very micro level. But does he know business? Well, let's look at that. I saw an article recently on Fox Business, and it was talking about an email that Musk sent out to his employees, I think it was last year, and he was talking about some of the ways that he wanted the company to be more uh, productive. And he was vitally interested in having Tesla more productive at that point because they needed to get that Model 3 out the door. He said that he was potentially a couple weeks away from losing the whole thing because they had issues uh, producing that car at scale. Now it seems like they're doing it better now, but a year ago it was a big deal. So he sent an email out kind of exhorting his employees to be more productive, congratulating them on some of the things that they had done. But there were a couple of interesting drawouts from that from that email, and I thought it would be interesting to, to talk about that. Uh, number one, Musk says that excessive meetings are a blight on big companies companies. Okay. He says that large meetings should be done away with unless they provide value to the entire audience. And even then they should be kept short. Now I haven't worked for a really a big company in my entire life, but uh, that seems to me to be, you know, kind of right. I mean, that doesn't seem that, that, uh, out of the ordinary. Brian, what do you think? Does the meeting have a point? Yeah. You know, if yeah. you're going to have a large meeting, there's a lot of people there. So are they all hundred percent invested in whatever topic is being discussed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, there were um, some meetings that, that, that I had conducted for, for a nonprofit some years ago. And, and there were like captains of industry. They would actually, the entertainment industry, and they would actually show up to these meetings, but I would put together an agenda um, complete with time allotments for each item on the agenda, because you can't keep a busy person there for two, three hours over the, the allotted time. And it seems to me that, uh, you know, some of these meetings just run on and on and dominated by people that maybe aren't adding to the, you know, the, the, the valuable bottom line of the meeting too. And then politics gets involved and yeah, ugh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Okay. Have fewer meetings. I like that. Uh, number two, walk out of meetings. 
Elon says it's not. (laughs) I don't know, is it? He says it's not rude to walk out. Rather, it's rude to make people stay. He says it's okay to walk out of a meeting or simply drop off a call if the other side's not adding value. Really? I don't know. Look, you take away the negative connotation associated with walk out. I'm going to walk out of this. Or you go, no, it's time to walk out because it's no longer valuable to me. It's no longer, you know, my job is to do this. We're not discussing what's valuable to what I need to do. Therefore, yes, I have to leave. Yeah. Bye. I I see your point, but I don't know. I mean, I I come at it from the, basically the sociological view of it. You know, you got a meeting and somebody walks out, even if they say, hey, I got to go. It's like you are no longer important or, you know, the heck with you or something like that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I wonder, I think that's more rude than, than it is beneficial. I don't think, uh, if you look at it in terms of the marketing department is now talking, not R and D. Yeah. All right. Well, R and D is going to go, huh? Marketing's talk. Uh, I don't market. I do R and D. I'm leaving. I, Maybe what you're saying is brilliant, but I don't know. I work in R&D, so I'm out. Yeah, okay, okay. I mean, maybe if you walk out with, after making a statement explaining why, maybe that would be better rather than just packing there up you and go. moving out. There you go. You have you know? the person go, all right, now we're moving on to marketing. So R&D, you guys go, and marketing, come in. Or someone says, hey, we're, you're talking about you know this last item on this agenda is something that's not relevant to me, so I'm going to step out if you don't mind. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think if you're Elon Musk, you could probably walk out of any meeting that you want, especially if you own 25% of the company or whatever it is, <laughs> right? They'll just go, okay, it's cool. Uh, go do something else. Go invent, uh, you know, the next rocket or the next car with 600. Sorry guys, I got to go. I just had an idea about something. Yeah. And you, and you'd let him and you'd let him, but I don't think if you're, especially if you're a, you know, lower on the rung person, I don't, I don't know if you can walk out. And if you don't do it right, I think it'd be kind of rude. I don't know. That's, that's my take on it. Um, number three, don't over abbreviate. Well, I get this, you know, Musk says you don't, you shouldn't need a glossary of terms just to do work, uh, at the business. And yeah, I get that. You know, Washington is a big offender of this. Washington DC loves abbreviations like POTUS. Well, what's a POTUS? I know what it is, but I mean, that sounds silly. Just say, hey, the president, you know, now they're using SCOTUS. That's the Supreme Court of the United States. Why don't you say the Supreme Court? And if you're talking about POTUS and SCOTUS, what do you call congressmen? Think about that. I don't even want to go there. They've got something called the PIOC. Well, I think that's a like a secure room that the president goes in the event of an attack or something. I think there's a PIOC in the in the White House. There's the EEOC. There's the you know LMNOP. Um, I think that uh, it's kind of always offended me. You know, like like you're not on the inside because you don't know what the abbreviation means. Um, the United States Trustees Office. Uh, which is a a subset of the uh, Department of Justice. They call it the UST. It's like, why don't you just say the the trustee's office? I don't know. How have you felt about this, Brian? Um, You're not offended? I'm not offended. It's just like, is it faster? Um, Now, if we're really going to say that, though, then just call it, you know, TP, (laughs) toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) The president, TSC. That's if you're, you know actually typing these things out yeah then just reduce it to keystrokes yeah so i don't know 
you know, they they see uh, you see uh, these these uh, uh, reenactments of what's goes on in the White House, and they go, POTUS is on the move. He's in the he's in the chariot. I, I guess the Secret Service does that for their own reasons, but I don't know. I think it also, uh, you know, when you're referring to people, it kind of creates a I don't know sense of over importance for that person, or I don't know. I I kind of like this. I I kind of agree with Elon on that. Keep it personal. Yeah. Or, or keep it relating to non-personal things. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the next one, streamline communication. So he says, don't enforce chain of command communication. Only CC those that uh, actually need that information. Uh, I don't know. I get that, you know. Uh, yeah. My wife worked for a medium-sized company, and um, she was kind of towards the top, and she had thousands of emails and every day, and, and it would consume her day. She'd actually come home and, and answer emails and maybe not even answer them, but she'd be, you know, uh, at least looking at them. So she kind of knew what was going on, but I, it took up a huge part of her day and um, you cannot read them. But if they're CC'd to you, then I think you're kind of responsible or held responsible for what's in there. It's a, I think it's a defensive move and maybe that's a corporate culture thing yeah. where it's, look, we're going to streamline communications, but if something gets missed, cause it will, yeah. it's business, it's going to happen. Yeah. We're not going to punish. Yeah. You know, if it happens repeatedly, if you keep choosing to not CC the correct people, then there's a problem. You don't understand your job. Right. But it's a, def- I got to think it's a defensive move. It's just tell everybody. So therefore it's, hey, yeah. I told you. I told you. You missed the email. Didn't you read it? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, uh, you know, it's more of a defensive move than anything else, but it takes up from at least what I can see, huge amounts of the of the day in terms of people wading through all these emails to say nothing of all the junky emails that just seem to come in. And I used to just go delete, 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 delete. But lately I've been going, no, unsubscribe, unsubscribe. But that takes two, three, four, five more keystrokes. And um, it takes, again, more time. More time. It's amazing how many people get your... Um, you know, get your email. <laughs> My uh, <laughs> maybe this is why I went with the uh, the defensive strategy uh, analysis. My father um, he had a nickname. They nicknamed him Memo Man because when he would have a conversation with someone um, at the company that he was pretty high up in, uh, he would always memorialize everything with a memo. So there was a paper trail, and every, you know, there was accountability. So. Maybe that's uh, part of it is that, you know, everyone gets CC'd. You knew. It's on you. Yeah. No, no, I, I get that. I get that. But boy, it takes up more and more of our day, you know. Another tip, use common sense. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Duh. How long did it take you to figure that out, Elon? I don't know. I could be a little critical of my man here. Duh. It's amazing how much common sense you don't see, though, sometimes. just it, It's amazing to me. Um, so I don't know. What are, what are some of the takeaways here then? Well, um, great industrialists, great genius industrialists, you know, aren't always great, uh, business people necessarily. I hear that he is really tough to work for. A friend of mine had a, uh, a son that worked at SpaceX and, uh, you know, he, he was just thrilled to be working for a company that was making rockets, but you know, he said when, when Elon was on the floor, he was, he was pretty tough because he's, you know, three steps ahead of everybody else and he doesn't really want to know all the little details. He just keeps trying to do these additional things and features and things that he wants to do and he just expects everyone to execute 
um, you know, without any uh, without any hitch. You know, when they when they had the problems with the Model Three, he actually um, lived in the factory. He you know he took overtook a conference room and, and slept on a sofa and lived there. Uh, I think he'd be pretty tough, but um, you know, I mean, that's part of what makes the company continue to move forward. I think, um, and I also think that. You know, there's some nuggets of gold in this information. Uh, just this is email, you know, fewer meetings. Yeah, I get that. Don't over abbreviate. Oh, OK. Streamline communication. Use common sense. Duh. But I don't know, Brian. I don't know if I'd walk out of a meeting. <laughs> Interesting things to learn from one of our heroes, Elon <laughs> Musk. This is Dave Hagen, and you're listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. As an additional bonus, each month, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. Hey, Brian, before we get to those emails, I want to talk a little bit about some feedback from our listeners. And, and we do hear uh, feedback from our listeners from time to time, not only in, in emails or the, or the uh, audio emails that they send us, but sometimes I'll bump into somebody who'll say, yeah, I, you know, I listen to your, to your podcast. And of course, my first response is, really? How cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, but I, I love the feedback that we get, and I wanted to share that, uh, or a little of the feedback with some of our, our listeners. You know, I, I recently spoke with a, a retired fellow, and he was a corporate type, and he'd done very well for himself um, over the over the years. And he, I think, I'm guessing, he now lives off the interest from his investments, and his house is paid for, and he drives around in a nice car, and um, you know, does what he does what he wants to do. But he said, "Look, I, you know, I've been listening to your podcast, and I thought, wow, what." You know what? What could you learn from my podcast? You've done it. You've done it all. You you've played it the right way. It looks like you got all the success. And he was saying, you know, I I was listening to the episode where you're talking about New Year's resolutions, and and it said it caused him to think about, um, you know, going back and getting back in step with his, you know, his his goals, and and he still had goals being retired and. He wanted to write down his goals, not resolutions, because he, he remembered the message. We're not that we're not that fond of resolutions, but written goals and 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 written steps we we really like. And he said, uh, even in his retirement, it caused him to sit down at the beginning of the year and and uh, get back to writing down some goals, some goals that he wanted to pursue that's in awesome. his retirement. And that's cool. That's cool. I mean, with, you know, a lot of people that listen to this podcast, uh, you know, millennial age. Uh, but here's someone retired, probably, uh, um, what do they call it? The greatest generation, what was before baby boomers, the greatest generation, World War II. World War II. Um, uh, maybe he wasn't even that old, but, um, you know, picking up a thing or two from the podcast being, um, um, you know, interested or entertained enough to keep coming back. And, uh, I don't want you to get too big of a head, Brian, but he also said, 
And I like it when Brian says stuff. He's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the 20 bucks I promised you for saying that. That's right. Here you go, right? You haven't even met that person, but someday maybe I'll I'll introduce you. Um, You know, I spoke with another guy who said that he listened to the podcast and uh, he was in the middle part of his life and he says it caused him to think about setting up uh, an emergency fund. He'd never really thought about that before. And this was a guy that... Um, you know, again, was, was doing pretty well in his life, but he had never thought about setting up an emergency fund. And his comment was that it was so freeing not to be living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. And I thought, wow, what an interesting thought. And that's one of the things that we talked about. And, um, uh, I, maybe we spend a whole nother podcast talking about the freeing effects of that. Um, but he said it was a key lesson that he now wanted to instill in his kids. I'm sure his kids really look forward to that conversation. Hey, Dave and Brian say, you know, but so much of the country lives paycheck to paycheck. And uh, for him to, you know, have less worry and stress and to feel free about not having to worry about that. Wow. That's something we were able to do. That was that's pretty cool. In fact, he said he called his emergency fund the Dave Hagan Emergency Fund to, to remind him of what the account was for. And, you know, hey. Thanks for the vote of confidence and, you know, with the name of the fund. But the, the key is um, you've got month to month sustainability and you feel freer and, it, and, it's, and it's a positive effect on your psyche. And if you, if you do a, you know, if you think about, okay, worst case scenario, all of a sudden you have a job loss and you don't have an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. Now you have two major problems. I don't have an emergency fund and now I have to go find a job mm-hmm. versus, mm-hmm. hey, this isn't isn't good. I lost my job, but we have the emergency fund. It's okay, and now I have time to you know go try and find a new job. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know, of those two problems, one can be prepared for. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, if we can have a small part in helping somebody with that, hey, amen. How cool is that? You talked to somebody recently. Yeah, uh, this was actually kind of. Uh, I was not expecting to hear this from uh, from this guy, but um, he bought some knives okay. at the little one of those little kiosks right uh, in the mall right and he's been working on moving from having you know showing you know wealth mm-hmm. um, versus trying to get it in the mindset of really having it right so let's let's transition from show 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 to Go, work go, on go. yeah work on the emergency mm-hmm. the fund mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. have you know mm-hmm. uh, true wealth um, work towards it and he started talking to the guy and was like I like the knives but just not the, you know it's just not worth it now maybe it was because it was a kiosk I don't know but he was able to negotiate with the mm-hmm. guy and he got the Sweet. and he got them for 15 bucks cheaper nice you know and you know it's only 15 bucks but I think the real takeaway for him was, he didn't feel like he was being cheap, you know, by trying to mm-hmm. negotiate with the guy. It's just, he just saved $15. Right. And he's like, that's going into the emergency fund. And I didn't feel bad about it. I, you know, it's not like I was, um, you know, the negative association, I think, that right. he had with trying to get something at a lower price right. was gone because now his goal is to save. Right. Um, so he just had, he told me about that and I was laughing. I'm like, Hey, there you go, man. He's kind of empowered by, by, 
a little change of thinking from listening to the, shift your focus away from you know, the podcast on, from you know from one thing onto what your goal is yeah and it changes everything yeah i mean sometimes in a negotiation like that i'll tell people look i i'm sure it's worth every every bit of what you want but i'm just not a buyer at that price it just it's just not what i would pay for that now if it's something less let's have a conversation but you it, you don't want to run their product down you just say look at that price honestly frankly I just wouldn't be a buyer. So is there some other thing that we could do? Um, and I think that's pretty cool. I mean, why not, you know, why not save the money? Why not put the rest of that money? I mean, it would be a shame if you save the money and then you went out and bought lattes with it. Right. But if someone's taken it and, and putting it to work in their investment mm-hmm. account in their retirement account and their emergency fund, um, you know, going, going back through backwards through our progression, um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I mean, if he puts that into savings, and what if you get if money doubles every ten years? Yeah, at seven percent. All right, so there you go. In yeah. thirty years, he just you know it's forty five bucks. It's a lot of money. No, it's it's definitely a, a lot of money. Very cool. Well, part of the reason that we do the podcast, I mean, Brian and I have other things that we could do on our on our mornings here, but part of the reason that we we do this, and, and Brian drives some distance to come in, is to give people uh, some thoughts on how to be more. I don't know how, how, how would it be more thoughtful in your financial life? It's not about being crazy and, and, you know, living like a pauper. It's, it's more about having a plan and being more thoughtful in what you do. And it's also interesting that, uh, when we get comments and, and, or themes, we hear themes of things from different people. And, um, it's interesting to see that sometimes we'll have a theme and people will pick up on that and it'll be beneficial. And sometimes it might even just be an offhand statement or comment, even a, you know, a, something leading up to, to something we think is funny and it, and it provides some value to the, the listener. So that's so cool. That's so cool. Uh, keep those comments coming on the, on the website, the financial wellness podcast.com. You can send me an email. It goes to the, the iPhone in my pocket. Uh, you can leave an audio question. Um, uh, that comes to my pocket as well, so you can communicate with us as quickly as possible. And check out the picture of uh, Dave and Warren Buffett. Yeah, me and, <laughs> me and my buddy, Warren, not Jimmy, Warren, the second or third richest man in the world worth 83-some-odd billion And you've got your dollars. picture taken. And I got him. my picture with him. I don't know. Um he was nice to meet, but he seemed, you know, he seemed a little stiff. He seemed a little, I don't know that he's a public persona uh, per se, but uh, check out that picture at the financialwellnesspodcast.com. All right. I didn't know we were going to get so involved in that, but uh, we still got some time for an email. So Brian, what do you got? Um, I've got an email here. I'm actually going to change the name. I'm going to call him Bill, but Bill needs some... Uh I think Bill needs a little direction here. Dave. Okay. All right. Let's help uh, out, I'm, Bill. I'm 30 years old, single for the time being. I don't have to work more than 30 hours a week, and the job allows me to pay my bills. Uh, my father recently passed away and left me about $60,000. What should I do with it? I'd like to buy a new Lexus because I think it'd be a fitting tribute to my father to drive around town in a nice vehicle because he never gave himself that nice vehicle. What do you think, Bill? Bill, 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 Bill. (laughs) (laughs) 
Here's what I think, that uh, driving around the Lexus, that's a rationalization. Your dad always wanted to drive around in one. I, it's a rationalization. Think about it. Think about it long and hard. I wouldn't do it in a million years. Um, you know, the fact that your dad wanted it, no, I think your dad actually would want you to do something else. He didn't indulge. I don't think he'd want you to indulge. I think you want that Lexus more than you think. Um now, might be different advice if you're talking about a Tesla, but um, we're talking we're talking about a, a Lexus here, Bill. Come on. Um, so I think that's a rationalization. I wouldn't. I would not do that. Why would you use that to buy a depreciating asset? That Lexus is going to go down in value. If it's a new one for sixty, can you get a Lexus new for sixty? I don't even know. But if it's two years from now, it'll be worth half. Half of that uh, nice tribute will be gone. And it won't seem that cool anymore, you know? It'll be worth half the moment he drives it off the lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't do it, resist. So let's talk about some other things. First of all, um, you say your job allows you to pay your bills. So uh, my first thought would be if you get some money, pay off your debt. But if you don't have any debt, that's very good. That's amazing. Good for you. You don't need to use your uh, the, your inheritance to to pay down the bill. So now, what else are you going to do? Well, I don't know. It's kind of up to you. Uh, you know, maybe maybe a down payment on a on a condo or a house in some parts of the country. Maybe you just throw it in an investment account and you let it start to grow. You poke your head up in ten years. That's now one hundred and twenty thousand. Or maybe you put it in an account and every year you take the, uh, the, the money that it's earned and you, I don't know, give it to a, a good charity every year. That would be a, a fitting uh, tribute to your dad. Um, lots of things that you can do, but to, to get together $60,000 is, is really hard especially in the economy that we're dealing with. The vast majority of the people are living pretty tight to the line these days. And to, to put together 60, that's a maybe a once-in-a-lifetime kind of opportunity. So Put that in the bank and leave that alone. Bank it, yeah. Bank it and let it grow. I mean, if you're, if you're 30, let's think about that. If you're 30 and you're going to work till you're 60, that means you've got 30 more years. That means you have three 10-year cycles uh, to double that money at 7%. So 60 goes to 120 in the first cycle. 120 goes to 240 in the second cycle. That goes to a half a million at the end of the third cycle. So you retire and there's like like half a million dollars. Um, now you might not want to not enjoy that or, or, or do something else with it, but look at, look at those opportunities. You could, you could get ready to retire, you know, when you turn 60 in some parts of the country. Um, and that's if you just getting, you know, 7% on the money. Um, so there's lots of things that you could do. Um, but I, I you know, wow, I wouldn't buy the Lexus. I wouldn't buy a car. No. You know? What would you do, Brian? If I needed a vehicle, yeah. I would get a used something. Right. And then put it in the bank. Yeah. I just let that thing grow on its own. Yeah, yeah. I think Bill is doing all the right stuff, you know. He's 30, he's paying his bills, not working as long as he maybe would with a typical job. So it means he appreciates the, you know, the importance of free time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No debt. That's huge. Um, but, you know... To let that start to grow, that could be, 
you know, even my buddy Warren probably started with $60,000 and look where he's at now. He's sitting only behind, I guess, just Mr. Jeff Bezos in terms of wealthiest man in the world. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I would do. I'd, I'd kind of bank it. I think Brian and I are the same, um, the same mindset. And, and also if it's, if it's in the bank and something happens to your job or your income, you got something to fall back on. It, it makes you feel a little more relaxed, a little less worried about what's going on in your life. You can afford to take some more risks perhaps. Um, so that's what we would do. That's our best advice, Bill. Hey, thanks for the email and, and thanks for writing in. Brian's still sitting on a fist of emails, but I think that that's going to be the time that we have for the show today. So uh, stick with us in the next show. We'll get to these other emails. Uh, Brian just showed me one. He kind of slid it over on the table. Really interesting. So stay tuned. This is Dave Hagan, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.